Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, welcome back to another installment of the Wide Ride Podcast. I'm Manny Navarro, Miami Hurricanes beat writer for The Athletic, joined once again by Andrew Ferrelli of the South Florida Express, our recruiting insider. Andrew, uh, it's Friday, October 28th, around 9.30 a.m., and uh, you and I just spoke about how shocked we still are about what happened yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think anyone saw this coming. This has got to be uh, one of, if not the top surprises in college recruiting in a long time. Um, there was no leaks, no hints, anything coming out. Um, I know some people have, you know, compared it to kind of the Travis Hunter flip of the Jackson State situation. Um, but even that, it seemed like kind of throughout the day, like little things kind of started to come out. It was like, is this really going to happen? Um, there was absolutely no indication um, from anyone, anything that I saw that uh, that this was happening until uh, that edit came out from, uh, from Hayes Fawcett about him committing to Miami. Of course, we're talking about Cormani McLean, the number two ranked overall recruit in the 247 Sports Composite, the cornerback out of Lakeland High School who played for the South Florida Express last season. Uh, he had 19 interceptions between his sophomore and junior years at Lakeland Lake Gibson High. He's now playing for Lakeland High. And uh, I got to be completely honest with you, Andrew. I had no inkling whatsoever. You and I talked earlier this week. It was done deal to Florida. He was supposed to be a Gator. I talked to other people at the University of Florida, our Florida beat writer. This consensus was, yep, this is happening. And I'll tell you, even CBS, who was broadcasting this, had absolutely no idea he was going to be picking Miami. And I think we all had good reason. I mean, it, it really felt like, uh, you know, it was going to be the Gators. What changed? What 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 are your insights tell you? What happened in the 24 hours leading up to this uh, announcement? So from what I was told, it all kind of really, uh, I guess, started to roll around Tuesday. Um, Demarcus Van Dyke just hit this one out of the park. He was the ace recruiter on this one. Uh, built a great relationship with Cormani, Cormani's mom, Cormani's grandma. Um, even back in January, I brought uh, Cormani on campus with a couple of the other SFE guys. And uh, just instantly, Demarcus Van Dyke was all over Cormani um, and just continuing to build that relationship. And, and that kind of continued on. Um seemed to have faded away. Like I said, everyone thought it was a done deal in the UF. And then uh, it sounds like Tuesday, things really picked up again. Um, Miami got on him heavy, was um, really pushing. And then uh, it came down to, to yesterday morning, the morning of the commitment um, is when they, they sealed the deal. Um, but yeah, no one knew about this. This wasn't, uh, I, I can honestly and confidently say, because I know all the UF fans feel, and oh, this is Ruiz. This had nothing to do with Ruiz. They, they seemed just as surprised as anyone. Um, but it seemed like DeMarcus Van Dyke's persistence and, and the relationships he built over the last two years, um, they, they just really leaned on that these last couple of days and, and were able to seal the deal this uh, yesterday morning. 
Yeah, and obviously, look, NIL was going to play a deal one way or another. It does for all of these elite kids. Uh, you know, those are things that are that are obviously discussed. Every school makes their their pitch. And what I mean, school, I mean the boosters. Okay, <laughs> every everybody who's involved in this process. I know the NCAA wants to crack down and make sure there's no inducements, but we got to live in the real world. Uh, all of this plays a factor. And and I would say more than anything, right, Andrew? I mean, you, you mentioned it several times now, his relationship with DeMarcus Van Dyke. That's something that, that was very, very real, I think, for the last several years, how close he was to DVD. And I, and I wonder what this really says maybe about the future for DVD because there's going to be a lot of people who come after him. They came after him last time to try to get him to go to Utah State uh, to leave the, the Miami staff. Uh, what this ultimately does, you know, heading into next year, you know, whether or not Jamila Dye gets promoted to maybe a defensive coordinator position, gets hired elsewhere. Uh, but, you know, I think this relationship with Cormani McLean that he has is very much a huge key to whether or not Cormani sticks to the Hurricanes. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I, I think Demarcus Van Dyke is going to be looking at a very nice payday. Um, obviously, I'm not sure what happens with the Dye if, if Van Dyke ends up taking an on-field position as, as the DB coach. Uh, but but all the chips are in, in Van Dyke's court right now. Um, he, he obviously was the main one here with Landon Cromani. And then also he's probably the closest coach in the country when it comes to a lot of those 24 kids. Um, the, those whole Miami Gardner Ravens kids, the Josiah Trader, uh, J.J. Smith. He's the one that talks to them the most from Miami and, and maybe out of anyone in the country. Um, so DeMarcus Van Dyke is, is definitely putting himself in position for a nice payday this offseason. Uh, and I think Miami is, is going to give it to him um, given – what it would mean for Cromani's recruitment as well as for uh, a lot of those top 24 guys. So I got to be completely honest. I was basically covering the event for our Gators writer. Unfortunately, he's got a family member who's in the hospital. So he's kind of dealing with something per uh, personal. And so they said, hey, can you cover this Cormani event? Can you write a story for us? Have it ready to go for when he announces. So I said, sure, no problem. I'll do that. I basically called uh, Corey Long, who's covered recruiting in state for a very, very long time. Used to work for ESPN. I works for Walter Football. I called Charles Fishbein of Elite Scouting Services. I got their opinions on Cormani as a player. I formulated this long story. Where there was quotes in there from Billy Napier talking about recruiting. It was about how the Gators have seven defensive. I mean, I literally went full tilt in trying to get this story writer to help our Gators writer out. And and so I had it all ready to go. And then at around 6.50, 6.45, I called uh, Lance Leggett. And I've been trying to get a hold of Lance all day. Lance, of course, is a Lakeland native. He knows Cormani well. When I went up to uh, Lakeland, when Mario Cristobal went up to speak to Cormani's old school Lakeland Lake Gibson, Lance was there. So I knew Lance was integral in the recruitment of Cormani as far as representing Miami, the same way the Pouncey Twins were, were representing the University of Florida. Anyway, so I'm on the phone with Lance. And I said to him, I said, Lance, you know, I called him. I said, Lance, I hear he's going to Florida. You know, I, it's what everybody keeps saying. I said, what do you what do you think of the situation? First thing out of his mouth was, oh, no, this isn't over. He says, has he announced for the Gators yet? And I said, I said, not that I know of. And literally, as soon as we hang up the phone, literally hang up the phone, he, he calls me right back. He says, hey, it's on the Internet. He picked Miami. I said, you're. You're BSing me. There's no way this happened. He, I said, it's not even on TV yet. What's going on? And uh, he says to me, no, no, he picked Miami. Look, and he sends me the tweet from Hayes Fawcett. And the thing I'm asking, Andrew, uh, in, in relation to all this is, how was it that he fooled everybody? They just did an incredible job of, of keeping this under wraps. Literally, the only people that knew about this were the Miami staff, Cormani, and his family. Um, there were other reporters that reached out to, this, to the UM staff, other people, 
Um, and all of them denied it or like, no, there's no shot, you know, just kept trying to push that narrative. Uh, even the UF coaches didn't know. Um, there, there's got to be a video somewhere of all the UF coaches in the conference room watching this commitment happen. Um, I, I would pay a lot of money to see their reaction when it came out that he was going to Miami. Um, be, because even the coaches up there at Florida were unaware. Um, they just did an incredible job of, of keeping this under wraps. Um, I know that's one of the things we've seen with this this new coaching staff and administration at Miami is that uh, when they don't want things to get out, they they do a pretty good job of not good job of not letting things get out. Um, but for them to to keep this under wraps for the last three or four days while it's kind of developing was just uh, an incredible job by everyone on staff. Um, obviously, Cormani and his family to to not leak anything out um, was was amazing as well. Um, and it really caught UF by surprise, kind of didn't give them the opportunity to, to punch back or anything like that. Um, really made it the, the perfect storm to, to land him like that. Yeah, I and, and, and I don't know. I mean, I, I, obviously, he, he hasn't signed on the uh, dotted line yet. He's got the uh, the actual uh, the scholarship he's got to sign uh, come December um, in the early signing period. So Florida, I'm sure, is not going to give up. But my understanding, I mean, the Gators basically built their entire class around getting him and making him sort of the marquee uh you know figure of their class i mean they, they've got a lot of needs just like miami does but this is devastating and it really went down just like the Jaden rashada uh, commitment if you think about it because everybody thought Jaden rashada is going to florida it was the same type of deal and then all of a sudden little nil conversations a little a little late game uh gamesmanship and Jaden rashada is a hurricane and so I wonder what this means long term and, you know, what does this mean for, for Miami, Florida sort of recruiting battles down the road? Do you think it's going to get nastier as, as time goes on here? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to continue to you, obviously Miami and, and UF go head to head for a lot of players. So you're going to continue to see those battles heat up. But I think it's just going to get more and more um, heated as, as it continues. Um, but right now, Miami looks to be coming out on top of, on a lot of these. Um, even one of the top writers for Georgia put out something yesterday and was like, you do not want to be going head to head with Miami at the end of a recruitment. Um, and, and that's coming from Georgia, who is obviously one of the top dogs and, you know, on the field and recruiting in, in every sense of college football right now. And, and they're having those feelings about Miami. Um, so it's definitely, uh, you know, it's, it's going to continue to send shockwaves. It's, you know, going to continue to let people know that Miami is, is serious about recruiting. Um, and it's going to make a difference in this recruiting class. A lot of kids are taking notice. I mean, you saw, all sorts of five stars and Miami commits, Miami targets, everything like that, posting on their social media um, when it happened. Everyone kind of in shock as well. Um, so I think this this could really get the ball rolling again, um, kind of kick off that second wave that, uh, that Cristobal's mentioned a few times. Yeah. Uh, look, they're at 18 commitments right now. I really think, you know, we talked about this on Monday that I think he's going to flip this roster tremendously. There's going to be a lot of movement between the, the transfer portal and, uh, this roster and, and what they end up adding. Uh, Antoine Jackson now, I guess, is the third cornerback, right? The Dillard kid who we, who we talked about earlier this week. You, you know, he ends up announcing it Wednesday. You told us here on the show Monday it was going to happen. Um, so now they've got three cornerbacks. Are they done at the cornerback position? Do they still have room for Damari Brown? And, and what's, you know, Damari played with you guys. What's sort of the word on that? They definitely have room for Damari. Um, he's one of their top targets left on the board. Uh, and I think they feel very good about him. Um, with Des Ricks, I know uh, Bama's up there for him. I think especially if Ricks does go to Bama, um, that kind of closes up Bama's DB class. Um, and I think that really helps seal the deal with Damari in Miami. Um, but Damari will be on campus a couple of times. He's, uh, he's got his official visit coming up in two weeks for the uh, Miami FSU game. 
Um, but I still think they feel very strongly about being able to land him and, and kind of round out that cornerback class with uh, him, Gormani, Antoine Jackson, and uh, and Robert Stafford, which is a, a very, very highly rated group and a, and a group that's much needed coming into this class. Um. All right, so you mentioned earlier, we kind of didn't get into this because there was so much to talk about in the beginning, but you mentioned how Ruiz, the Ruiz family had nothing to do with this. Uh, John Ruiz, of course, who who has you know a boatload of Miami players and athletes signed to NIL deals. Um, I know that there was another collective that launched you know early in the season. Who really had something to do with this for Miami? That I'm I'm not sure on. Um, I don't know how much they want to get into that. I'm not sure really who was uh, kind of the one behind this when it comes to boosters or anything like that. Um, I just know you know obviously UF Twitter and everything like that's going after Ruiz and saying it's him and. And I can tell you that it wasn't that I called someone in, in that Ruiz camp, you know, directly after it happened. Um, Cause like you said, it leaked out a little bit early. It was like six fifty when it was getting posted and his commitment ceremony wasn't supposed to start till seven. Mm-hmm. So I called someone over in the Ruiz camp when it came out and I was like, what's going on? And, and they were like, what do you mean? Cormani like, just committed to Miami. And, and they were like, uh, hold on. And they're like, we got to make some, like what's going on here as well. Like they, they were just as caught off guard as it by anyone. Um, so it definitely wasn't them. Um, uh, I know, you know, they'll, they'll have some fun on Twitter regarding it anyways. And, and UF fans will go after them and they'll go back and forth. Um, but I think that's a good sign that there's, there's some other people stepping up. Yeah. That's what I was basically getting at. It's, you know, in the end, it, there's not, a, it's not a one man army anymore. As far as Miami's concerned with, with NIL and, and helping to get these kind of things done for the hurricanes, you know, it's going to be really interesting, Andrew, how other schools, you know, you mentioned George already saying you don't want to mess with Miami. Uh, you know, the Hurricanes have taken two big time prospects away from Florida. Uh, but, you know, we've yet to really see what Alabama says about all this. Now, is it just fair game? You know, does Alabama just look at it like this is the way the war is won? And, and do you think anybody will come after Miami? I mean, Alabama is kind of the ones that started this. They've been the uh, the masters of, <laughs> of this for even before it was under NIL and everything like that. Um, so I don't think they'll uh, they'll have too much to say. Saban might come out and, you know, make his, his comments like he did about A&M and stuff like that. But, I mean, the, the thing is, it's going on at all these big-time schools. Um, they're all living in glass houses, so no one wants to, to throw that first stone. Um, so I, I think that's just uh, until – you know, maybe new NCAA rules come out or something that's regulated. I think that's just how it is. And I think while it's like that, you've got to take advantage. Yeah. Um, so Miami's at 18 commitments. They move up to the number eight overall class. You mentioned Damari Brown earlier as far as secondary. Who's next? Who else could potentially be somebody that Miami tries to flip here down the road? Uh, so obviously they feel good about Damari. Um, Samson, they, they still feel very good about. I know they had uh, – the staff had a conversation with him um, earlier this week, and, and they feel very good about where they're at there. Samson Okunlola, um, the five-star out of Connecticut. Another five-star. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, at receiver, they're going after Micah Mace, who's a, a four-star, top four, 247 kid from uh, from Benjamin High School in Palm Beach. He's mm-hmm. currently committed to Wake Forest. Um, he's saying all the right things about Wake Forest, but uh, he did officially visit Miami for the UNC game. I know he's been on campus at least once or twice other than that. Um, so he's a kid that I think they might be able to flip at that receiver position, uh, as well as, uh, Tayshawn Lyons, who's a four star out of California. Um, uh, he goes to school about a half hour North of, of Jaden Rashada. Rashada has apparently been in his year, been doing some work there. Um, uh, they're trying to get him to come down for an official visit as well. Um, so I think those are, those are two more kids to look for. 
And then Miami won't give up on the Heritage kids. Um, obviously, they feel good about Damari Brown. And then when it comes to Mark Fletcher and Brandon Ennis, um, those are, are two kids that um, Mario Cristobal will not stop recruiting until the ink on those and I, until the ink on those uh, the letter of intent is signed. Um, I think there's probably a better chance there with Mark. I know his dad's a big UM fan, um, but uh, they're they're going to keep pushing for those kids in, until uh, everything is signed, sealed, delivered. Um, Hakeem Williams is obviously a Florida State commitment. He told me, you know, hey, listen, schools are still going to come after him. He's going to listen. Is he a guy at all that's on Miami's radar? He's another SFE player. Uh, yeah, as of right now, I mean, I haven't heard um, too much communication going on between the two of them. Um, but obviously, as things continue towards signing day, I'm sure, uh, you know, depending upon how the receiver class starts to shape out, he'll be someone they continue to reach out to and, and push for. Um, see, uh, especially if they get the ball rolling with some of these other commits and some of these South Florida guys, um, if he's someone they can get to, to hop on back home and, and jump on board as well. Um, you know, I, in my conversations with, with all the recruiting guys, the guys have been doing this for a long time that I've covered many state championship games with in the last 25 years, you know, the Larry Bluesteins of the world, the Charles Fishbines, the Corey Long, who I mentioned, um, you know, their opinion is that, look, uh, Cormani is a great prospect, right? He's got the size, 6'2", 6'3", 175 pounds, long, fast. Um, he's got the track record of the interceptions. But, you know, this this city has produced a ton of legit NFL first-round pick talent. Um, the state has at, at that cornerback position. Guys like Patrick Peterson, Patrick Sertan, those are kind of the, the, the upper echelon. When I asked all three of them, they said to me, Cormani is not that. Cormani is not upper crust. Even if he's ranked number two in the country, he is maybe a small tier below that. And they kind of compared him um, to Jason Marshall, the kid who came out of Miami Palmetto. That's been a, basically a two-year starter for the Gators at cornerback. You've had a lot of great players go through South Florida Express. What is your take on Cormani's ability? I think Cormani is one of the best cornerbacks that has come out of this state in a long time. Um he may be someone that takes an extra year to develop physically. Uh, but I think if he gets on campus early in January, um, that would be huge just because um, he does kind of have that long wiry frame. He definitely needs to add some weight. Um, so maybe in that sense, he's not as physically ready as someone like Patrick Peterson, who was just already built coming out of high school. Um, but I think talent wise and, and ceiling, Cormani's ceiling is just as high, if not higher than any of those. Um, he's his length, his speed. He's got all the tools you could want in a corner. Um, he's built just like Sauce Gardner, who was uh, one of the top picks in the NFL draft this past year. That's kind of who he compares his game to. Um, he's got incredible ball skills. He was a receiver up until a couple years ago. Obviously, the, the 19 interceptions over a two-year span shows that. Um, obviously, there's some work to develop him physically, add weight, and you know just continue to work with him. Um, but just from the physical tools, the mental aspect, um, all of it, he, he has the ceiling to be a, a top 10 pick in the next couple of years, just like, uh, like sauce Gardner was. Well, I, I can tell you my own, my own take, and I didn't see him play a whole lot of, of football. I mean, just, just being around you guys with software express out in LA, um, and, and out in Las Vegas, I will say he's mentally tough. He'll give up a touchdown and he'll go right back out there and, 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 and sort of not let it affect his play. And I think that's one thing that I appreciate about players is how mentally tough you are, right? Can you bounce back from a mistake? Can you bounce back from from an error? Or do you let it just sort of hang over your head? And I didn't get the sense that Cormani is one of those kids who kind of goes in the tank. I will say I, I, I do think 
you know, I do sort of agree with Fishbein and 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 Corey and 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 Bluestein and just saying that I've saw Patrick Peterson play. I watched him many times. I, I watched Pat Sertan in high school. There is a certain elite quality that that almost makes him a sixth star. You know, a guy that's almost can't miss. I think you know for Cormani's development in college. He's going to need DeMarcus Van Dyke and some other guys to really help bring out the best in him all the time and maybe take away a little bit of that gambling mentality that he has sometimes because I think at the next level, he's not going to be able to take as many chances in coverage as he does in high school. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the things that, uh, you know, one, one of his weaknesses now is he, he loves to bait quarterbacks and, and try to play off and then make up with his speed and get the interception. Um, but, yeah, sometimes he gambles, relies on that a little bit too much and gets beat. Um, so I think just definitely as he develops off to, uh, kind of get a better feel for, uh, you know, baiting the quarterback to make them make that throw to get the interception and, and, you know, just covering the guy a little bit tighter to, to not get beat. Um, but, uh, you know, all that'll come with development. I think just like I said, from a physical aspect, the, the length, the size, the speed, the hips, um, he, he's got everything you can want from a quarterback. Um, they just gotta, you know, add some weight, develop them a little bit physically, and, and hopefully he gets in here as an early enrollee in January. I think that's the plan. I think that'll that'll help him a lot. So Miami plays Virginia on Saturday, and I and you know, a lot of people have said to me, Well, what happens if they don't win another game this season? <laughs> Which very well could happen. I mean, we don't know the status of Tyler Van Dyke, how long he'll really be out. Will it just be a couple of weeks? Will it just be will it be the whole season? Um, I think that affects Miami obviously tremendously. Um, you've got other injuries to other players. James Williams has been banged up. Uh, you know, it's kind of a revolving door at the center position. Usman Treyer could end up starting this weekend at center with the way some of the other guys are banged up. So there's a lot sort of all just dangling in the air with, with the health and status of this team. Do you worry at all that if Miami doesn't win another game this year, that this class will fall apart? If they don't win another game at all this year, um, I could possibly see some decommits. Um, but I don't think the chances of that happening are very high. I think they'll at least win another two, three games if we get bowl eligible. Um, but either way, every everyone in this class seems uh, very bought in. Um, I, I don't think they're they're too worried about any decommits. Um, if it is, it might be like you know one of the the two or three tight ends towards the bottom, maybe uh, the second quarterback, Emory Williams. Um, but everyone, you know, we touched on it last week when we spoke. Every, everyone that they have committed is is very bought in. Um, Mario has them sold, and hey, you can come here and, and compete for a starting job right away. You guys can be the ones that come in and, and change this program and get things going. And uh, you know, he seems to have have them all bought in on his vision. Let's hope so, because they need some players down there in Coral Gables to help turn this thing around. I think it's it's blatantly obvious that uh, Mario wants to change the culture and. Uh, needs to upgrade this roster at several positions. So, uh, Andrew, thanks for coming on and uh, doing this again with me. It's just huge news, news that neither of us was really uh, feeling earlier this week would be coming. But uh, good news for the Hurricanes. They've got themselves another five-star in tow, two of the top six players in the state of Florida, uh, actually two of the top six players in, in the entire country. And, and I, I want to say now I think the top two in the state of Florida, right, uh, as far as the rankings. Yep. Yeah. Top two in Florida. And then uh, there's only six players in the entire country that uh, are referred to as five star pluses. I think on three is actually the one that came up with that term um, where it's the six players that are ranked as a five star on all four of the major recruiting sites. Mm -hmm. And uh, out of those six players, Miami has two committed in Francis Maligo and, and Cormani McLean. So that's a, a pretty solid start right there. 
Yeah, and, and they're not going to quit going after other guys, as you mentioned earlier. So, uh, Andrew, thanks again, and, and hopefully the Hurricanes get a win this week and we don't have to worry about long losing streaks or terrible records that scare any recruits away, right? <laughs> I bet. Hopefully that's the case. So get, get started this Saturday. All right, brother. Thanks for coming on. Yeah.